Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. Hey, it's Doug with an opportunity to catch up with Dr. Tim Elmore. He's the founder and CEO of Growing Leaders, an Atlanta-based nonprofit organization encouraging and equipping emerging leaders. Now, since founding that in 2003, he's been able to speak to over 500,000 leaders in business, universities, athletic teams, and nonprofits, publishing 35 books. But the spotlight is on the latest one called I Can't Wait. 52 stories of kids who change their world that you can read together. Dr. Tim, thanks for making time. Doug, it's great to be with you. Thanks. Well, I'm fascinated by this already. 52 stories of kiddos. I'm already telling this is a book that uh, we're reading together as a family. What was the inspiration behind it? Well, that's what I envisioned. I, I was, first of all, seeing families that weren't doing dinner time together very well. We're either in a minivan grabbing chicken nuggets on the way to practice, or we just weren't getting time together. And sometimes we don't know how to do that time together. But, Doug, i tell you another big reason. Um, we partnered at Growing Leaders with um, Harris Poll Interactive, surveyed over 2,000 adults, and discovered that the narrative that grown-ups have about kids today is fairly negative. Mm. We were concerned for them. We're fearful for them. You know, we have this, oh, my gosh, are they going to make it? Um, and isn't it true most of this time you hear stories about kids on the news, it's we've got a crime committed, we've got mental health issues. So it's mostly a negative narrative that I'm wanting to overcome with these 52 stories, one a week for a year, that you could talk about at bedtime, dinner time, and just really begin to cast vision for what a kid could do. So I guess in a sense of just showing them options, if there's no positive narrative in their life, this book is that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. And there's kids ages 5 to 21 uh, all around the world, but all of them are solving problems and serving people. And, you know, we, we know this happens, but most of the time when we think kids, we we have this kids today type of narrative in our yeah, head. Yeah. Know, they're lazy slackers and fragile snowflakes. And I found a whole bunch that are everything but that. So it was kind of fun. Well, are there a couple of them that we can highlight? Yes, I'd love to. So Anne Makasinski was uh, a sophomore in high school when she had a Facebook pal who lived in the Philippines. They're interacting one evening, and, and Anne asked her Filipino friend how she was doing in school. And her friend said, oh, not so good. I flunked out. Mm. And Anne said, flunked out? You're smarter than I am. And she discovered that her friend in the Philippines lived in a place where they had no electricity. So when the sun went down, she couldn't do her homework. Mm. Well, Anne, who loves science, was catapulted into action. And she actually invented a flashlight that's powered by the body heat from your hand. Whoa. So it doesn't need batteries. She created it, sent it over to her friend. Her friend was able to pass her classes. And, of course, Anne wins this award in the science fair for creating such a gadget. And I'm thinking, I would have never thought to do that at my age, you know. But kids today have this smartphone, and they look things up and think things over. And so that would be one. I'll tell you another story, Doug, though, that's kind of fun, and it's from history. Some of these stories are kids today. Some are from history. Okay. A, li- a little kid named Louis who lived in France in the 1800s 
uh, was in his dad's workshop one day and picked up an awl, you know, those pointy tools we used to use a long time ago. Mm. And, you know, the things you can poke holes in leather with. And um, this little boy, Louie, at three, poked his eye out. It was tragic. But back then, medicine wasn't what it is today. And so soon the infection grew into his other eye and he went completely blind. So long story short, I know it's tragedy. Long story short, his parents were good enough to say, we're going to get over to Paris and find a school that teaches blind kids. Well, when they got there, Louis discovered late middle school or late elementary school age that the system they had for reading for blind kids was less than optimal. Mm. It was actually a, a way of reading French soldiers reading in the dark, but not for blind people. So at 12 years old, little Louis began to create his own system for reading for the blind. At 15, he had the system. His name is Louis Braille, and he came up with a Braille system at 15 years old, sophomore in high school. Wow, that's incredible. I know. But the best part of the story, Doug, is do you know what tool he used to create this system, these raised dots? It was an all. So the very obstacle became the opportunity. The very thing that, you know, gave him the problem became his solution. And isn't that that's just the way things can work if we have the right perspective. So the, the book is loaded with these kind of stories, and they actually become fun to talk about and then think, well, what could I do, you know, today with this kind of thinking? The sky's the limit. That's awesome. And I would imagine that uh, you have many more than 52. So probably to think there might be a second volume. There is. I'm working on volume two right now. That yeah, is awesome. That is awesome. Well, obviously, catching kids at a young age is prime because that's where they're they're pivotal in that thing. Do you think we as parents uh, have our radar up to be able to discern leadership or things in our kiddos? Or how, how are we doing as parents, in your opinion? Well, I think some are doing great, and they need to be applauded and affirmed and given a ribbon or a trophy. But I think too many of us are so like I said before, fearful or anxious for our children. I mean, look at the world around them. They're going to graduate into a world that's very uncertain. That's for sure. Mm. And I think we think, oh, my gosh, are they going to make it? But you know what? I think they're going to make it if we'll, if we'll build the timeless virtues and values in them that we need to, to build in them as moms and dads, and then let them be timely. We got the timeless. They've got the timely intuition on where culture's going. They know social media better than I do. They know Mm. TikTok better than I do. So I think we need to believe it. We need to begin with belief, not fear and doubt. And we need to, I think, read stories like this, whether it's this book or something else, and then say, sweetheart, what do you think? What kind of talent do you have? And what problem could you solve? I, I really think that's where it all begins. Well, I think you would also agree, too. It begins with time. I know sometimes we feel, as, as a busy parent myself, we're running in 50 different directions. We really have to consciously carve out that time for the next generation. No doubt. In fact, what I find myself saying to moms and dads is don't just do survival in your home mm. where you're mm. elated that you made it till Friday and nobody got hurt, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I think parents need to remember we are leaders. This is our organization. It's called family, and we are leading this family, and this is one way to break out of the maintenance mode and get into mission mode and, um, and then create experiences. We, Pam and I tried to do that with our kids as they were growing up, create experiences where they were with the homeless and we served them, or we did this or that, or we traveled somewhere. I think if kids will get ideas if we'll just expose them to what's out there and maybe what problems need to be solved. 
what people need to be served. Catching up with Dr. Tim Elmore in his book, I Can't Wait, 52 Stories of Kids Who Change Their World, that you can read together. Obviously, you talked about uh, modern-day kids, uh, kids from the past. Was there any particular thread or commonality among the 52? Well, I keep using this phrase, solving problems and serving people. Every single one of them had this notion, this idea of how they could solve a problem. For instance, Lucy, when she was, I think, eight or nine years old, asked her mother and her grandmother to teach her how to sew because she wanted to sew a blanket for her friend's birthday. Mm. Well, she ended up sewing two. So Lucy had the idea, Mom, could you get on your social media, you know, get on Instagram, you know, and post that we have an extra blanket to give to somebody in need? Well, her mother got 16 responses from kids who had cancer or moms that didn't, or dads that didn't have enough. Mm. So instead of choosing one, Lucy said, I want to make a blanket for all 16 of these people. Wow. And Lucy did. So in a day where attention spans are short and we have, you know, instant gratification notion right now, she did 16. Well, Doug, it didn't stop there. She, she ended up making hundreds and hundreds of blankets. She made 1,100 masks during COVID wow. when we were all wearing masks. And this was little Lucy who learned to sew in the 21st century and now has created Lucy's love blankets. And I don't know if that sounds cheesy to listeners, but I'm going, it's better than I did. Yep. I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so I love it. The kids are young enough to think, I think I could change the world. And, and there she is. So it's kind of fun. Well, and that's really the, the the motivation we're feeling here is the idea of these stories as we as parents are reading them to the kiddos are empowering the kiddos. Because I know that there's many children that are like, I'm a kid. What am I going to do? There's nothing I can do. Well, here's the inspiration of my peers that are making a huge difference. That's exactly right. And don't we learn from examples? I mean, lectures are fine, but pictures are better. And that's really what this is. It's 52 pictures. And by the way, there's stories, and, and I illustrated the book as well. I was an art major back in college. Mm. So I try to give them something that would linger in their minds, and maybe a year later, they bump into a problem or somebody that needs to be served, and immediately this is what comes to mind, not not something else. And I really think innovation is part of the DNA of all human beings. We just unlearn it as we get older and get stuck. So that's my hope. We're going to have all the things on the show notes page, com. if you want to find out uh, more information. In the final moments, there anything that you want to pass along that we missed, Dr. Tim? Well, Doug, one of the cool additions we decided to make is when you get the book, you have a story that's told in a page and a half, so it's real short, three discussion questions at the end of each chapter, but then we put a, um, a website on the page. You can go to it, um, and it's what you just said, I can't wait com. There's a three or four-minute video mm. on each one of these kids, whether they're in, from history or, or today, that you can watch something. So I'm hoping that the vision is caught through any medium here, but um, I hope it's a tool that um, you know, parents, teachers, coaches, youth workers can use this next year, one a week for a year, and maybe cast a little vision. I'm Jamie Summers from Afternoons with Heart and Humor. Something you may not know about me is I'm really conscious of what I put in my body. So I eat healthy, try to stay as active as possible. That's also why I was so excited when I heard that Dr. Kellum at the Kellum Stem Cell Institute is able to retrieve my own stem cells and place them exactly where I need them most with focused infusions. If you're ready for something more effective and a healthier way to heal, get more information at KellumStemCellInstitute.com. 